Welcome to the I Love Wright County show. In this show, we explore local businesses that make our community a wonderful place to live. Each month, we'll sit down with a local business owner, learn more about their business, what it means to be an entrepreneur here in Wright County, and why they love being here. I'm your host, Amanda Galindo, and I'm a realtor here in the area. I've lived here for over 35 years, and I love living in Wright County. Let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the I Love Wreck County uh, show. I am super excited to be interviewing Penny Burt. She is the owner, one of the owners of Rustic Brewing. Bill um, was being a little shy today, so he's passing the baton over to Penny to let us know, um, you know, how they got started and kind of their journey from where it began and where it is today and kind of where it's going. So thank you so much for taking the time to let us know about Rustic Brewing and, um, you know, how you guys got started. So thank you for letting me be a part of this. Yeah, you're welcome. So I actually, I don't really know your guys' full story. Um, I've always been a fan of like the local breweries and just, I feel like it's the little guys getting started and, you know, having a dream and a passion for something and having it come to fruition of like, maybe you're brewing in the garage and now you want to like open up your own place and here it is rustic. So, um, why don't we kind of start in the beginning? Like, how did you guys get started? Where did this come from? So in the beginning, this all started because Bill is a software developer. Um, he did it on his daily job for many, many years, um, went to school for it, is considered one of the main architects in the state of Minnesota, and there's only a hand, handful of architect software developers. Okay. So he kind of started there. He knew how to make the software to run the entire system, how to control the fermenter's temperatures, and then he hand-built from the ground up his Herm system, which is a very small brewing system okay. um, with all the pumps, and then he was able to connect all of the software program to it and it automatically transferred and kept temperature and things like that um, turned heating elements on when they needed to come on to keep the boiler um, at the right temperature okay uh, we homebrewed for 13 years and finally we're just like we need to take this a little bit of a step further so bill actually um, went to Lupland brewing company in mm -hmm. big lake and he pitched the idea of helping them with a software to keep their fermenters at a certain temperature. Okay. So his software actually started um, um, in parts of Lupulin. Lupulin no longer uses those um, programs anymore because their system has gotten so big mm -hmm. and it's been outdated and we've gotten so busy here that they're like, we're just gonna go another route and they were perfectly fine with it. And this all started just from being a simple software developer yeah. and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then um, brewing for our friends and our family in our garage. Yeah. And he knew that this needed to go a little step further. And so he's like, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna open up a brewery. And I thought he was absolutely crazy. Yeah. But I've always been behind my husband. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm in. You tell me what I need to do. Awesome. So he was a, a architectural engineer for like brewing a 
equipment, software equipment? No, he worked or? for Donaldson Company, which okay. is a filtration system. Oh, okay. Um, but the architect software developer is just one of the highest software. So it wasn't really a building anything like an architect, like you would think. Mm -hmm. um, an architect software developer is just one of the highest okay. software developers. And he was, at that point, he was a handful. He was only one out of five people in the state of Minnesota that oh, okay. had that certificate to do that. Oh, that makes sense. And I feel like, <clears throat> so when, you know, craft brewing kind of became a thing, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I think that's, you know, um, I was like, oh, I'd like to do that. And then my husband, he actually looked into like a kit and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Like you have to be super detail oriented to be able to brew your own beers and like different things. Cause it's like the chemistry of it all. <laughs> like you can't just throw it all in a bucket and hope it comes to fruition. So yeah, there's, there's software out there that helps you develop the actual beer that you're looking for. Um, gets you the clarity, gets you the color. Yeah. Um, and helps you design a beer on your own. Because mm -hmm. as all of us know, we can't just take a beer that somebody else has done and recreate it. Right. We just can't do that here. Um, and we wouldn't want to do it because it wouldn't be our own. So mm -hmm. every beer that comes out of us is is ours solely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what did you do before? Um, I've been a stay-at-home mom and wife since I've been 20 years old. Okay. So nice. I've always been at home. So this was totally different for me, yeah. um, stepping out of my comfort zone yep. into something that was in front of everybody. Yeah. And I've always been a person that could talk to anybody. Yep. He's a little bit more reserved. Um, so I think that our roles pretty much have an equal play. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you guys, you're really good at marketing and networking and communicating, you know, with the community on what's going on and different things that you guys, different events and stuff. So I think it's a perfect match between you and Bill. Yep. You know, he's behind the scenes and you're head, head of the scenes. So, yep. Um, and he's taught me how to brew. So I know how to brew right along with him. Nice. Um, at home, he was in the garage all the yep. time. And I'm like, all right, I've never seen you at this point. So you need to teach me how to do this. Yeah. So Sweet Inferno, which is our raspberry habanero wheat, is actually my beer. Oh, um, awesome. I created the recipe from the ground up. Yep. Um, made sure that I had the right fruits and the peppers to add to it. And he taught me how to brew from start to finish. Oh, cool. And so we just did our very first one in here not too long ago on the big system. Fun. So that's awesome. And it was fun. So do you come up with most of your like, um, brews, like you, like you and Bill come up with the different flavors and concepts and stuff. He does the base beer part okay. of it. So he'll create the IPA or yeah. he'll create the pale ale or the Pilsner. Um, I do a lot of the fruit adding. Yeah. Um, I love to cook. Um, so I look in a lot of cookbooks and, and um, baking books and see what pairings of fruits and yeah. uh, spices go well together. So that's how I get a lot of my stuff. Fun. So My favorite is the coffee one, the Java Mill. Uh, and then now you have the in a jiffy. Yeah. Like that's, I want to mix those two together. A lot of people <laughs> mix them. I've been waiting for it for the whole, whole summer. They're like, no, I'm sorry, we don't have it in yet. <laughs> yep. That one only comes out in the fall. Yeah. Okay. So, that makes sense. Yeah. We've got some others coming along too. So <laughs> <laughs> I've tried some of the sour ones, but I can't, 
I can't get into those. I'm like, it's a little too tart in the back of my mouth. So you either like them or like don't like them. So yep. I'm a, a Java mill for life. So well, now that we've hit October, um, well, almost October, we'll be bringing out our um, Halloween beers. Oh, cool. So we have uh, Taffy Works, which is our caramel apple cream ale. Oh, yum. And then we have um, Spicy Witch, which is our pumpkin chai latte okay. cream ale. So did you have those last year? Yep. Okay, I didn't. Yep. Um, try, I didn't try them last year. A lot of people are like, "Can you bring them back early?" Nope. Yeah. <laughs> How long does it take for you guys to get um, a brew like from beginning to tap? Okay, so the brewing process itself is about four hours. Okay. Uh, depending on the beer, a fermentation is going to take a little bit longer, especially mm -hmm. like in a dark beer or a lager. Lager can take three, four, five months mm -hmm. sitting in the tanks because it ferments at a cooler temperature. So it's all depending on what beer you're actually brewing. Okay. But like our cream ale, which is our number one because it's blue polar, that can take four days to ferment. Oh, um, we use a okay. fast acting yeast, so it ferments out really quickly. So you can like continue. Yep. Um, why did you choose Monticello for your location? So we've been here 16 years. We're originally from Illinois. Okay. Uh, we moved here because of his work. Um, so when we picked Monticello, it was right at that point, it was based on the school districts. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make sure that our son, which was six and a half years old at the time, um, had a good school to go to. And he had a, something good and a base good for him to push him in the right direction. And so that was the main reason. Mm -hmm. And we've been here long enough. And I figured I'm not going anywhere else. I've made friends here. I've made family here. So I need to bring and stay my business here. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think that I would pick anywhere else. Yeah. And so you guys have still been here. You've been here for 16 years. Yep. Plan on staying. Yep. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, have things always been going well or was there ever a time where you were scared and you didn't know if the business was going to survive? Well, that's kind of a simple, easy question, especially in the last 16, 17 months. Everything was going good. Uh, our customer base was amazing. And then after our first year, we hit a pandemic. Yeah. And so you worry, is my customer base good enough to support me through a shutdown? Mm -hmm. And luckily ours was. Um, I think if we were open maybe only three, four months, that would have been a different story. But because of the amazing people that are in this town and the people that come from the surrounding towns, mm -hmm. it, it supported our offsite, offsite sales tremendously. And we wouldn't have been able to survive without all of them walking through the door. Yeah. So awesome. Um, yeah, I see every time I come in here, I always see regulars, you know, if it's a Thursday, I know, you know, the people that are going to be here. Yep. <laughs> so if they're regulars, then I feel like I'm a regular. <laughs> and even through the COVID pandemic, we still see 40 to 50% new customers every single day. Yeah. So our customer base is growing daily, the more that we get out there, but a pandemic is going to worry anybody, mm -hmm. but you just have to take it day by day and yeah. make smart moves and be frugal with the things that you buy and make sure that you're buying the things that are going to support the profit end at that point. Yeah. Do you just sell the beers here or do you sell them off um, like at liquor stores and yep. stuff? So we're in 13 liquor. We were in 13 liquor stores. Things have gotten so busy here that mm -hmm. we want to make sure things don't come off tap. So we've backed down to five main ones. Okay. Um, so we're in Highway Liquors here in Monticello. We're in Westside in Albertville and in Sauk Center. We're in Hanover and we're in um, 
sand dunes and Big Lake. Oh, okay. So those are our five main ones that we keep in contact with all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and they're buying pretty much every week or every two weeks. Okay. But I couldn't keep up with 13. Yeah. I'll end up going off tap here and then I'll disappoint the people that walk through the door. Yeah. And I definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. So where do you guys um, see your business going in the next uh, year, two years? I know you have some exciting stuff going on. We do. So we recently bought our space and we bought the space that's next to us. Um, and the business that's in that space that we are waiting to get into, they recently bought a space for themselves as well. Mm -hmm. So we're waiting for their renovations to be done and then we'll be able to get on that side and we'll be able to renovate that side as well. So it'll double our brew house and it'll double our seating within here. Um, and that would be phase two. Um, the main build out was phase one. Um, so phase two is growing our space and phase three, which hopefully will come in two to three years, um, we're preparing for it now is rooftop seating. Yeah. And so that's one of our biggest goals is just to keep growing little by little. Sometimes when you get big right away, it, you can't support the back end. Mm -hmm. So we do it little by little. And yeah. so the next step is just growing our space. Um, but during COVID, we've been able to um, put a massive patio in yeah, that seats awesome. up to 90. Yeah. So that has helped with uh, yeah. especially outdoor seating only during that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. patio is awesome. Um, you guys had some exciting things last weekend. Um, tell me a little bit about that and how that came to fruition with Rustoberfest. So Rustoberfest was the first time we've been able to celebrate an Oktoberfest festivity. Yep. Um, one of the first year uh, we didn't do a true Oktoberfest um, lager. Um, we did kind of a Mocktoberfest, so we didn't want to release it at a party. Mm -hmm. And we were testing our hands in the water at the first time trying one of those beers. Yep. Second year was, of course, a pandemic, so you can't throw a festi festival or a festive um, during that time. Yep. So this was our very first one. Yeah. And so it turned out really, really good. We ended up buying a tent so that we could have a lot of outdoor covered space in case it rained. Uh, we had three bands, three food trucks, mm -hmm. and then of course our release of our Oktoberfest lager. Yeah. So it was pretty packed all day. Yeah, I seen the photos, it was awesome. And it was a beautiful day. It, it was. was perfect. It wasn't too hot, it was sunny. It was just a perfect fall day. So yep. I'm so happy that you guys had a great turnout and were able to do something. I didn't realize that you guys have only been in business since 2019. I feel like it's been longer. Uh, 2018. 2018. Yes. Was it towards the end of 2018 uh, or? May. Like, oh. May 26th. So okay. when we hit May this year, it was three years. Okay. So. Yeah, I just feel like it's been so long. <laughs> it's hard to tell how long a business has been open. Yeah. I mean, like we didn't get to celebrate our second or our third year anniversary here. Yeah. So you're going to do that in 2022? Yeah. Yeah. Going to have a big shindig? Yes. Yeah. And if, <laughs> and if it's up to Bill, he would have a festivity every single month. Yeah. And I think he's already looking forward to the next one. So I can share a little bit about that. Yeah. He wants to do Spooktoberfest. Oh. Uh, we're a big Halloween people. Yeah. Uh, we used to have a haunted garage for five years in our neighborhood. Uh -huh. And we eventually had to say no more to that just because we got so busy here. So he wants to fully deck out the inside of the tent with heaters and all the different Halloween stuff and yeah. release all of our October beers during that oh, time. fun. So, so will you do that like on the weekend of Halloween? Yeah. yeah. He's thinking so like doing it a full week, okay. a full weekend. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. Saturday being the main one with a um, costume contest yeah. and things like that. And we've already got a band scheduled for that Friday. So we're trying to pull another one in for that Saturday. Oh, fun. 
That's awesome. That's what I love about you guys is that you always have like fun things going on, food trucks, music, um, music mayhem. I mean, I've met a lot of like, a lot of new friends from music mayhem because I'm super competitive. <laughs> Jindo, I, that's been super fun to come and like. And um, we've missed all those things. Yeah. So a lot of people are excited to have those back along with the events yeah. like on Sunday and Monday nights. So yeah. Do you guys, are you going to be doing any of, um, like the winter pots or like, I did see you have like a welcome or like one of those sign painting, um, events coming up too. Do you have, um, we scheduled, so we just had one this past Sunday, which was our first palette painting class. Um, and she's got them scheduled out once a month through December. Okay. And then we just did a chunky yarn pumpkin workshop Uh where somebody's going to teach you how to make three different size pumpkins. And then I'm working with a canvas painting lady that's going to come back in. And then I had spoke to Live, Laugh, and Bloom um, through text. I haven't heard back from her yet, but she's the one that did our porch pots for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Like, just because you have somebody, like a professional florist there that can help you (laughs) stick your stuff where it's supposed to go. I had that on my porch forever after Christmas. They're really nice. Yeah. She did an amazing job at that class. Yeah. It was super fun. And it's like a perfect, like, girls night out like on a Wednesday Thursday yep. you know yep uh, doesn't take too long I mean you could do it as quick as you want and then be done with your craft for the night and yep. hang out and chat so yep yeah. and that's what we're hoping with the other space is that we can um, use that as an event space yeah during the week we can keep this side open and be able to have that and do more classes yeah um, even during open hours because yeah. right now I'm trying to force them in when they're when I'm closed yeah so yeah because what are your hours uh, see, we're closed on Mondays. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're open from 4 to 9. And then on Fridays, it is 3 to 11. And then Saturday is noon to 11. Okay. And then Sunday is noon to 6. To 6. Okay. Yep. So Friday and Saturday, you're open till 11. Yep. Is, is that, um, have that, has that always been your hours or did you change that for yep. COVID? Yeah, okay. we had to change. We backed down to shutting down on a Tuesday. I don't think we ever shut down on a Wednesday, Um, but we did back off to like the eight o'clock hour. We backed off to nine o'clock during the weekend and then we pushed it forward to 10 and eventually we we seen the customer. Yep. Base pickup. Nice. Um, What's your favorite or not your favorite, but what is your customer's like favorite beer that you guys have on tap? So Blue Polar is our top seller in here. It's a blueberry cream ale. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the cream ale base with a fresh blueberry taste. So it's not an overpowering um, blueberry. Mm-hmm. It's just that nice fresh blueberry on the back end. But lately it's been Java Mill, which is your yeah. favorite. Yeah. Um, and that is also our cream ale base. And it's got caramel and coffee in it. Yeah. So that one's super it's, good. It's, it's, it's getting really close to that popular sale. Yeah. Well, and it's not the thing that I like. It's got like a really, really good flavor, but it's not too sweet. Like I can't deal with it. Like I can have one that's sweet. Like there, you have a coconut chocolate pineapple. I don't, you have like this oh. tropical one. Yeah. It's our pirate's I, delight. I love, but I can only have like one because it's yeah. just so sweet. So um, that will eventually be put into a rum barrel. Um, once we get to a bigger size and we can get a rum barrel, yep. um, that one will sit in there for a year. Did you make some of those though? Okay. Cause I did buy some of the crawlers. Yep. Um, cause I think you had like a couple left and that we used was an really infl- good. We used an infused flavoring yeah. for that and it was a Jamaican rum flavoring. Yeah. So it didn't add any alcohol content to it. 
Um, this one already sits at 8.6%. Really um, so if you put it into an actual rum barrel, you're getting that, that alcohol base off of it, yep. which raises the alcohol content. So this one could be sitting at 11 or 12%. Pretty potent. So you yeah. should probably only have one yeah. of them anyway. Maybe a five ounce pour. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to have like a 20 ounce. No. I, I, think, I think the legal pour for us, um, safe wise, is probably a 10 ounce pour. Yeah. Um, when that, but I know I've been to some breweries and they've been 16% and I get a 10 ounce pour and I'm like, all right, you need to finish this because it's too much. I can't drink all this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what some people don't understand. Like if they drink like a traditional Coors Light or Mickelman or whatever, and then you drink one of these, I mean, it's so, it's got so much more flavor and then, you know, alcohol content yep. that they can be kind of dangerous. Yep. <laughs> and we try to do a wide variety of things. So for somebody coming in here and me saying that Blue Polar is our top seller in mm -hmm. here, for somebody else that's not a craft beer drinker, they would probably come in and say that our Roostical um, lager is probably yeah. their top because it's just a regular Pilsner and it's a regular beer that, you yeah. know, as close as I can get to um, a bar setting or a restaurant, um, just yeah. a regular beer. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. So last question then, um, when it comes to your business and your legacy here in Monticello, what are you most proud of? Well, I'm going to be biased and, and say that I'm proud of my husband. Mm -hmm. He has fought through adversities. He has fought through the pandemic. He has fought um, to quit his main job and know that it supports us at home and here. Yeah. But if I have to go outside my husband and my son, I would say that the customers here in Monticello, they supported us like it was nothing else. And I don't know if I would be here if it wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. So I'm proud of all of them for stepping up and supporting these businesses in this town that needed it the most during yeah. the most crucial time. Yeah. 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 I've, I've heard that a lot, too, um, from some other business owners. You know, I think there was a huge push to support small business owners and go, go local, you know, because they're the, they're the little guys that are fighting that are, they're the ones that are investing in the T-ball. Um, they're the coaches, they're the moms on the PTO, you know, all those things. And um, I think that if there was one thing positive about COVID and the shutdown is just the shift in perception and how important local small business owners are to a community. Yep. You know, it's great to have these big, businesses it's nice to have those amenities um but in the grand scheme of things like small towns need small business owners you know and that's what makes makes them thrive in that that's what makes the community the way it is and um you know so supportive of everyone so that's what I love so thank you so much for um taking the time to share a little bit about your business and what you do. You know, you and Bill are really involved in the community and, um, you know, you do a lot of different um, fundraisers and, and things like that, which are awesome. And we just appreciate everything you do. So, uh, you know, the customer support is a reflection of like what you guys do for the community too. So thank you. Thank so, you. all right, guys, if you guys are looking, um, 
For more information, um, they have a ton of information on their Facebook page. And do you have a website, Penny? We do, rustechbrewing.com. Rustechbrewing.com. Um, check out um, the website or Facebook for all of the new events and stuff that they have um, going on. And yeah. Instagram and Insta- Twitter as well. Instagram and Twitter. You're not on TikTok yet? No. No. <laughs> Make sure to check them out. Um, they got a lot of fun events. We still have plenty of nice weather um, for us before the snow flies. So, um, And even if winter comes early, it's, they have shelter. So you guys can come inside. So <laughs> thanks, Benny. Thank you.